Hey everybody, it's Dave again. We're continuing our series of looking at draft prospects by position. We all want to know who are the best, don't we? Well, we've got another position group to go through today. And Tyler Fornis of Climbing the Pocket Networks is one of our premier scouts, you want to call it? He lives and dies for this time of year evaluating players. Let's bring Tyler in and see what our next group is. Hey there, Tyler. We've got another group to discuss. Which is it today? Today, it is the cornerback position. And let me tell you, this group is really fun to break down. There are a lot of good players in this class. And I can't wait to jump in. That That's awesome. And we know with the issues the Vikings are having, we've got health issues with Hughes and legal issues with Gladney, that they may actually be in the market for one. So I'm interested to hear who you got in your top five. Who is Absolutely. number five? Number five is Syracuse Orangemans. Ifeatu Melifonwu, and you may remember his brother, Obi Melifonwu, who was drafted in the second round by the Raiders, I believe, 2017, because he just blew up the combine with his testing, and he really hasn't lived up to the hype. Well, the difference between him and his brother is that Ifeatu is a really solid cornerback, along with being a great athlete. You're not drafting him because he's a great athlete, but it, let me tell you, it absolutely helps. He's 6'3", 210, and he's going to thrive absolutely thrive in a Seattle cover three scheme. Like if the Cowboys don't go cornerback uh, in round one, getting him in round two would be fantastic value. Uh, Mel Fanu is, uh, he's a borderline lockdown corner from the position because people just don't throw to him. Liberty beat Syracuse by 17 and did not target Mel Fanu one time. Like he was getting a lot of respect in college. Uh, he's got great length. He's got great speed. His ability to uh, play uh, to recover was something that I really liked watching his film. And Melifanu is a really, really good football player who's going to be a value. And from what I understand, the NFL isn't as high on him as some of us are, which uh, to me is a little bit surprising. But I do think his far and away best fit is the Seattle Cover 3 scheme. And I think he'll go sometime on day two. Who is your number four? My number four is Northwestern's Greg Newsom II. Newsom is an excellent football player. And one thing that was really interesting about him is he's scheme diverse. You can literally play him doing anything. You can play him in press. You can play him off ball. You can play him in zone, uh, cover two, three, or four. And he's going to be able to thrive. One of the things that he does really well is uh, he he's able to explode out of his backpedal and break on almost anything, which gives him that diversity. I think when you talk about like impressed, he's physical, he's willing to get in your face and he's not going to get uh, overpowered and off coverage. Like I said, he's able to explode on any uh, route concept and he's got the long speed in order to cover and carry down the field. Uh, Greg Newsom, the second, I think is probably going to go in the first round. I wouldn't be surprised if the Packers take him. They took Kevin King a couple years ago. 
very similar size, very similar styles. They like this type of corner. And I just hope that they don't ruin him like they ruined Kevin King because Newsom is a fantastic football player. And I'll be honest, the Vikings move down. Newsom will be a target. Hey, I disagree with you there. I have no issue with Packers ruining any player just as long as it generates Vikings wins. With that, who have you got at number three? Dave, do you remember uh, Saints wide receiver Joe Horn from the mid-2000s? Absolutely. It's his son, J.C. Horn, the South Carolina corner. And Joe Horn had this swagger about him, and his son picked it up tenfold. J.C. plays with an attitude. He plays with this gusto, and he's he's just an ass kicker. He's incredibly physical on the line of scrimmage, and he's got a dog mentality. He's just going to fight with you the entire route. He played pretty well against Kyle Pitts. He dominated against Auburn this past year. Uh, J.C. Horn is going to be ideal for any team that wants to run press coverage. He tested out of his freaking mind, running a sub 4 440, uh, jumping like 41 inches. Uh, J.C. Horn is a dog, and he is far and away uh, of all these cornerbacks. He was my favorite watch. Who have you got for number two? Number two is the son of another former NFL player, and that is uh, former Dolphin Patrick Sertan's son, Patrick Sertan II out of Alabama. Five-star recruit just three years ago, picked Alabama over Florida, which broke my heart. But once he got to uh, college football, it was just evident that he was born to play corner. Freshmen don't start for Nick Saban unless you are an absolute stud, and Patrick Sertan II is. What's interesting about Sertan is he's really not great at anything. He's just really good at everything. He's got size, 6'2", 210. He's got length. He's got good speed. And I think Dallas, if they pass on Patrick Sertan II, I would be absolutely floored because he is a baller, and he's going to be able to lock down one side of the field probably best in a cover three scheme because I don't think he's phenomenal in press coverage, but you put him in it in that deep third and he's going to do some damage, especially with that length. So Patrick Sertan just feels like he was born to play corner, just like his dad did, who was a multi-time pro bowler for the Dolphins. Uh, Patrick Sertan second uh, got a very, very high grade for me. He's a top 15 player on my board. And I absolutely loved watching him play. It's also frustrating because he was so good that the opposing team never threw at him. So you had to really dig for some of those reps. But Sertan is probably the best defensive player in this class, according to most people. But he ends up my cornerback, too. Well, if he's the best and you have him at number two, who's the guy you have in front of him at number one? It's Caleb Farley, the Virginia Tech cornerback. And I I say it with this caveat. I am not a medical expert. I am grading based on the film. In reality, I'm probably going to wait on Caleb Farley and take him as like cornerback three or four in real draft. But when you watch the film, Caleb Farley was the best defensive player in this class, in my opinion. Other people think it's Sertan. Farley's my guy. Uh, He's only been playing the cornerback position for two years. And obviously he had to opt out of 2020 due to COVID-19. 
He has the back problem, but he's just so good. And he's got length. He's got size. Uh, he's got great speed. You know, he's able to play in press. He's able to play in zone. And because he's already this good, having played the position for so, so little time, like, I think he could be like, like Darrell Revis type good. Uh, given the right coaching and the opportunity to develop and grow. The sky is the limit for Caleb Farley. He's got tremendous ball skills. The game against Miami in 2019, he just absolutely took over as as a cornerback. And that was incredible to watch. If there are no medical concerns with Caleb Farley, I think he's number one with a bullet. But when it comes down to actual draft day, you got to take those things into consideration. But the film... He was the best in the class for me by far. Well, and we know when you talk development, we happen to have a head coach that is known as the cornerback whisperer. And I wonder if Mike Zimmer would actually consider drafting a corner at number 14. What do you think? Oh, it's Mike Zimmer. He absolutely would. And it wouldn't shock me if he loved any of these top four. I don't think Melifanu is the type that he really wants. Uh, I think he would gladly take him with the value is right, but he's going to want that guy who's going to be super physical. JC Horn, I think is going to be his guy. He's going to love Sertan for uh, the technical prowess that he possesses. Caleb Farley is just that untapped potential. Like just what Zimmer did with Xavier Rhodes before he fell off a cliff. He was an all pro in 2017. I think he could do the same thing with Caleb Farley. So corner should not be off the board as far as what I believe the Vikings will do. I think they should wait on it. But it's Zimmer. He wants corners. He, you can never have enough of them. And losing Gladney, like it's really going to show that you can never truly have enough because it's going to be Dantzler, Peterson, Mac Alexander, Mike Hughes. And if Hughes gets hurt, you're down to three out of five. And getting another guy in the room with the uncertainty at the position. Only Cam Dantzler is signed for 2022. So it's something to really monitor because this could be a long-term play selection. Like it, It'll be interesting to watch. Uh, the Vikings will take one at some point. Well, and you talk about long-term play. There are some interesting picks they could do at 14 that would be considered long-term plays. And I think corner is one of those. So, with that, that's great. We've talked about the corners. We've got two positions left. Mm -hmm. Linebackers and safeties. Come back tomorrow to get one of those. Until then, stay safe, stay healthy, and skull my games!